I want to share with you a pitch I received recently by email from someone wanting to guest on this podcast. As Stories and Strategies has grown, we're receiving more and more of these. In fact, now I'm, I'm typically seeing one or two every day. Now, most of these emails read something like, hey, I love what you're doing with your podcast, Stories and Strategies. Very interesting and relevant conversations. I think I have the perfect guest for you. Blah, blah, blah about the guest. And that mention of the podcast name in the first sentence, I mean, you can just see it's an insert in the template. In fact, it was actually in a different font in one case. I'm not kidding. Now, I read all of these pitches, except very few of them. And admittedly, I don't necessarily respond to all of them. No doubt you do the same thing in your line of work in some way. Maybe you hear pitches too. Maybe it's job offers or or something else. Someone who wants to work with you, who wants to, to join on something. You just can't. And it's not the physical time and space to respond all the time. It's, it's more the mental time and space, really, isn't it? I'm obnoxiously choosy about the guests on this podcast because it matters to you and me. But this pitch was different from the rest. Let me read it to you. I recently listened to your episode, Four Tips for New PR Grads with Michelle Garrett, and loved hearing your emphasis on the importance of the human connection in the work of PR. It was very interesting to hear what has changed and what has stayed the same in the world of learning public relations. While listening, I thought of perfect guest for you, blah, 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 blah. So this writer actually took the time to name an episode that we had done, the guest, and really did paraphrase a major point that Michelle had made in that episode. Now, her note goes on after a very brief paragraph about the guest that she's recommending, which, to be totally honest, I glossed over that on first reading. She goes on and says, Before I send over a full pitch, I want to ask, are you open to guest suggestions for Q3? Best, Christina. Christina was obviously respecting my time as well. Now you can see why, why this one stood out to me. When I open these emails, I've kind of learned to prepare myself to be let down. Most of the guests recommended are okay. They're professionals. They're, but they're pitching ideas that, that I've heard a million times before. Or the whole pitch just feels very template-y, you know, self-serving. This one caught my attention got me to engage system two in my brain, the one that actually thinks, whereas system one only reacts. And it made me actually consider the guest. So I went back to that paragraph about the guest and actually gave her and the idea some genuine thought. So today on Stories and Strategies, how to pitch micromedia like podcasts and what's the real value in a micromedia approach. My name is Doug Downs. Hey, a note off the top, I have a special request of you at the end of this episode. So as we're about to wrap up the episode, do me a favor and don't click to the next episode right away until I've shared that favor, because I'm hoping you'll follow through. My guest this week is Shelby Yanner. Hi, Shelby. 
Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's warm where I am in Canada's Rockies, but we're not even at room temperature quite yet. It's what, 80, 85 Fahrenheit for you, which is 32 degrees. You're in Austin, Texas, right? Yes, I'm here in Austin and we're recording mid-September and our summer is still going strong in Austin. So uh, still got the high heat. They're not letting up anytime soon, but we're used to it. Going strong, unlike those Dallas Cowboys one game in. Sorry if I brought Ooh, up a yeah. sore point right away because I am a Cowboys fan, but um, yeah, they'll turn it around, right? They'll turn it around. Hopefully. Our University of Texas also lost in football this weekend, so it was not a great football weekend here in good. Austin. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the weather then. If the football teams are losing, they're just not good days. Hey, yeah. Shelby, I, your last name is spelled Janner, pronounced Yanner, and you told me a neat story before we started recording. Um, it's not Yanner, it's not, it's not actually Hispanic, it's German, and, and this is common in Texas, right? Yes, there were a lot of German people who came to Texas and immigrated here, um, so much so that the German people um, connected with the Mexicans who are living here, and they um, influenced each other in a lot of different ways, including music. So if you're familiar with Tejano music, it uses an accordion, and that is because um, they were, you know, hanging out with the German immigrants who brought the accordion over. So that's a fun fact about that kind of music. If you're familiar, now you know where the accordion came from. That is a neat story. Hey, Shelby, you're the chief publicity officer at Zilker Media. You've overseen dozens of publicity campaigns, including three New York Times bestselling books. You've managed PR for the na national bestselling series Chicken Soup for the Soul. That was all over our house for a little while there. <laughs> as well as PR for Captain Sully Sullenberger. Good guy. You have lots of experience with pitches to macro media like the Globe and Mail here in Canada, Associated Press, Chicago Tribune, NPR, Fox News in the U.S. Uh, you have a degree in English from the University of Texas at Austin and a concentration in business foundations from the McCombs School of Business. So, Shelby, I do want to get to the how about micromedia, but let's start with the why. Why is micromedia, like podcasts, actually becoming important? And, and what do we really mean by micromedia? Sure. So micromedia is any sort of niche media outlet. It can be a podcast like this. It can be a trade publication or even an email newsletter. And it's typically run by a thought leader or individual subject matter expert like yourself. Um, and it's typically more connected to lead flow and audience growth, although it is definitely less glamorous than appearing in some of the media outlets that you named there at the top, like the Globe and Mail, NPR, those name recognizable media outlets. Um, you know, one case study that I like to mention is, um, you know, say you're targeting a really niche audience, maybe sales professionals. Um, you might think, I want to be in Forbes. It gets almost 90 million unique monthly visitors per month. Why would I, you know, waste my time with podcasts? 
Because you look at the reach for a podcast and even the biggest sales podcast in the world, which I think one of the biggest is sales enablement with Andy Paul. Um, According to my database on a good month, he gets 27,000 estimated monthly listeners. Um, That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great for a podcast, but it's still, when you compare just numbers to numbers, it's a lot smaller. Um, But, you know, he's built a loyal audience who listens to every episode and everyone listening to that sales podcast is a sales professional. So if you're trying to reach that audience, it's much more worth your time to go on a podcast or go beyond a niche uh, email newsletter or trade publication because you're getting in front of exactly the right audience. Now, that's not to say that the Forbes of the world, the name recognizable places aren't you know, worth your time and aren't something you want to go after. Everyone wants to have that logo on their website. They want to remarket it. There's still plenty of value in that. But when you're looking at getting in front of the right audience, you know, there's no guarantee that the right person is even going to read your article in Forbes or see your mention. Um, And even if they do, you know, are they going to be compelled to take an action from there? Podcasts are great because you're getting in front of the right audience. And then, you know, you're often being told to, hey, go to my website, learn more. Here's a free resource I have, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's this whole awareness and conversion with conversion being some sort of action on, on responding to a call to action. And I know the idea is with macro media, awesome for awareness, which, which you need. Very few people right. will take an action before awareness. That, that's called an impulse buy, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the action is. But with micro media, at least the articles that I read, far higher conversion ability in other words reaching that that target audience is you're going to have better conversion on your call to action that's the basic premise of micromedia right yes you're gonna see an immediate conversion which you will not see from really any other type of media especially if you do have some sort of downloadable or we do a lot of quiz marketing where we have our clients say, hey, to go more, I have this free quiz where you can learn X, Y, Z about yourself or your organization. So they can see a bump in the number of quiz takers from appearing on a podcast. And that's really hard to measure with any other type of media placement, earned media placement. Okay, that pitch from Christina, and I talked about it right off the top. Mm-hmm. You actually have a methodology for that. There's a reason that stood out to me, isn't there? Yeah, so we definitely have a methodology that we follow for our pitches. We have three components. The first one is the customized intro. You know, every podcast that we're pitching, we're listening to it. We are, you know, making sure it's going to be a fit for our clients, but also listening to it so that we can do that customized intro saying, Hey, I loved this episode that you did. Here's what I learned. Here's what I'm going to take away for my, for my own life. So that's honestly probably the most important part. And that's going to be different for every pitch we send. Um, and then the, the second and third components are interesting talking points and positioning. So credentials, um, like I said, those 
you know, they can be the same. If you are targeting a certain type of podcast, a certain niche, and you're creating those talking points and positioning for them, you don't have to rewrite the wheel every time you're pitching. You just need to come up with that customized intro. I've got another podcast that I want to tell you about that I think you might like. Every week, the global creative agency Gray brings you exactly what you need to know to sound smart when talking about social media on the podcast, Five Things This Week in Social. The team at Gray have produced over 125 weekly episodes and were named Adweek's Best Agency Hosted Podcast for 2022. The hosts have partnered with some of the world's biggest brands and are experts in social media and emerging tech. They'll discuss everything from the next Instagram feature to how we shop in the metaverse. Listen to five things this week in social, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for it in your podcast app with the hashtag and the number five. That's five things this week in social. Let's talk about that customized intro and why it's so important because from a logic standpoint, it would seem that the other two points, having good cred, good credentials, right. and good talking points, if I was Mr. Spock, pure logic, those should stand out to me. But I agree that customized intro, you appealed to my emotion. Um, Christina appealed yeah. to my emotion to begin. Why does that count first? Why do you have to get past the emotional response of a receiver in order to introduce the logic. Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows that you've actually done your homework and that you've actually listened to the episode and you know what the show is about. We also have a rule that the customized intro has to be longer than one sentence. We're targeting three sentences, and I think it just comes across a lot more genuine that way. Not saying, hey, I loved your latest episode with no details. <laughs> like three sentences show there actually was some thought that went into the pitch. And I think, you know, there's so many podcasts, so many people pitching podcasts that it really makes you stand out to have that intro. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think it's an emotional, um, connection that we're trying to make. You know, we pitch a lot of podcasts. We have a lot of clients who are pitching the same types of podcasts too. So we're trying to build that relationship and listening to the podcast not only gives us a you know better idea of what kind of guests that they're looking for, but it also helps us create that connection to the host or the producer so that we can work with them over and over again. And in that email pitch, I know you're a big advocate for avoiding jargon. Uh, is that so that the language is, you know, best of breed, world class and unprecedented? And I'm obviously using jargon in each case there. Yeah. So that's something that I always coach my team and clients on is to stop using these words um, that, you know, are really exaggerations. Um Media, especially traditional media, you know, they've complained very publicly about these overused words in PR pitches um, and other words like unique or innovative. You know, if you're using those words, you need to really take a step back and say, is it actually unique? Is it actually innovative? 
I think there are certain words that are just pet peeves for people, especially media people, not only podcast hosts, but, you know, if you're covering tech and you're a tech writer, how many pitches are you getting a day that are using the word innovative? Of course, it's going to start to annoy you a little bit and you're going to start to, you know, just no matter what the pitch is about, you don't like it if the first word is innovative. So that's definitely something that I coach people on. That's an easy fix that maybe they don't even know that they're doing. And, you know, industry jargon is a slippery slope. I was taught that um, when you're writing for news, it should be at around an eighth grade level. So it should be something that everyone can understand. And if you're in a technical industry, you know, trying to stay away from those words that not everyone's going to understand. But it's hard. Even micromedia is an industry term. Mm -hmm. So just trying to take a step back and saying, you know, what is, is there a better way that we can explain this concept? Okay. And then those talking points, walk me through how you develop and ultimately pitch the talking points. And I guess if you've, you've taken the opportunity to check out the podcast, listen to the host develop that early emotional appeal are the talking points always the same or do you tweak the talking points at least a little in accordance with that emotional entry yeah again it's all about the audience that you're pitching and so trying to be as niche as you can and so maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to go on other entrepreneur podcasts but can you drill down deeper are you appealing to women entrepreneurs or cpg entrepreneurs what do they really care about and what's timely what's happening in the news and obviously podcasts are a little bit more evergreen than breaking news on a newspaper or an online media outlet but there are you know big kind of high level news stories that people are thinking about. You know, we have a banking client. There are a ton of compliance things happening with Himda and Frank Dodd. You know, so, you know, thinking of some talking points around that um, with business leaders, you know, it was the great resignation for a long time. And now we're talking about quiet quitting. So, um, you know, thinking about what is, you know, happening in the news or what are some high level big ideas that people are thinking about and how can I put my own spin on it, contribute to that conversation in a meaningful way. Perfect. And I suppose, you know, the secret sauce here is the pitch itself is not all that complicated, really. All of this makes common sense when you step back and think about it. It's not a lazy way to introduce the idea. Really, it's about finding a podcast where the pitch has a better chance to work. Imagine fishing with bait that the fish might actually like. Finding right. those podcasts is really the key, isn't it? Yeah, it's so hard to find podcasts. There are so many. We even pay for a podcast database, but we found that you still have to wade through them all and maybe you find one that you actually like and you know the contact information isn't correct or it hasn't been updated. Um, so Zilker Media created Podcast Guest Insider, which is our subscription model. And we have those three niches. We have business leaders to excuse me, business leadership, entrepreneurship, and healthcare. 
Every month you get 10 podcasts recommended for your niche with info on what kinds of guests they're looking for and updated contact information. So they're the same podcasts that we're pitching our clients to. They're the hosts that we're having conversations with. They We know what kind of guests they're looking for. And it's a great option for kind of a DIY publicity if you're looking to get into podcasts. And so at podcastguestinsider.com, we're giving away your first month for free. Um, and also your listeners, Doug, can use code STORIES10 to save 10% What's once they continue past their first month. All right. At podcastguestinsider.com, mm-hmm. it's at STORIES10, which is your free coupon code to get that yeah. free month. I'm hoping folks follow up on that because that's a great idea. Shelby, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to, to chat with us today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Doug. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Shelby Yanner, you can reach her at shelby at zilkermedia.com. Of course, that's in the show notes. Also in the show notes, uh, that link to at podcastguestinsider.com and that coupon code at stories10. Okay, that special favor I mentioned. We're working on a Halloween episode. I'm hoping to to do this this year, and I want to feature some of your scariest moments in communications and marketing. That time you hit reply all, and oh, that was disaster. Uh, The time you sent out the news release and you spelled the CEO's name wrong. Um, That nightmare of a boss that you worked for. Don't you don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave your email, uh, any of that, um, but it's an audio message, and the tool we're using is called SpeakPipe. You can do it from your phone. You just log into speakpipe.com backslash stories and strategies. It's in the show notes. Don't have to leave any of your contact information to share your story, and we'll share that in uh, our Halloween episode that we're working on. Scary. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. Transcriptions are available on our website. And if you enjoyed this episode, do us another favor. Tell one friend. Thanks for listening. <laughs>